Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. And it's another week, more celebrity drama, thank God, <laughs> uh, and more political drama. Um, as you know, um, we have the election coming up soon. Will will be handling all of the big headlines when it comes to politics coming up in Politalk later on in the show. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's really funny because I always get asked why I don't do politics. I don't do politics in in my writing or um, uh, on the show. And the truth is, um, first of all, Will volunteered to do it. So um, I may be a lot of things, but a fool is not one of them. (laughs) And I mean, really, who do you guys prefer doing politics, me or Will? Do not answer that. <laughs> oh, um, of course, Will will be uh, handling Joe Biden's uh, pick of Kamala Harris as his VP. Um, so super excited to hear what, hear his take on that. And I have a whole slate of juicy gossip for us to get to. And we're going to start with a breaking exclusive story. I'm hearing from multiple sources that Grey's Anatomy is likely to be renewed for two seasons. Now, I do want to caution that they are in very very preliminary talks at this point. Um, But they just signed three of their main players... Um, through the 19th season, which is, um, I believe we're going into season 18, or we're going to seven, uh, season 17, um, so this will take us through season 19. Um, on that front, the one who hasn't signed on yet is Ellen Pompeo. And we're going to get into uh, some talk about Ellen Pompeo here in a second. But um, both sources independently told me uh, that she is in negotiations. um, And they're negotiating in good faith. Everyone fully expects... uh, Everyone fully expects this deal to close. Um, At this point, um, it's more about logistics than anything else. Um, Financial terms and everything are basically already settled. Um, There are a couple things that Ellen wants, and she's she's had them. She wants to direct a little bit. I believe she's directed at least one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Um, I didn't really do my research on that. Uh, But I remember hearing that she was... um, At least I think I remember... She directed, she's already an executive producer, so she actually has say. Um, and when I was talking to people about this, um, everyone seemed really enthusiastic about it. Um, and, I mean, of course there are going to be some haters, and there were haters in this instance. Um, mostly saying that she can't act and she needs to give it up. And... Without giving away my opinion one way or the other, all I can say is 
there have been plenty of people who are, who couldn't act, who have made it big in Hollywood. Um, so, Ellen, go get a girl. Like, do you. Do what is best for you. Um, and the whole reason why I was drawn to the story... Um, first of all, you know, I just, you all know I just love breaking these... Um, you all know I just love breaking these big stories here. Um, but... Also, I have an appreciation for Ellen Pompeo. Uh, she, last year, she and Chris Harris of uh, Who Hosts the Bachelor franchise got into a big Twitter war over Kelly Ripa, of all people. Um, and she speaks her mind very freely. Um, and she uses her platform for good. And I just really, really adore that. Um, she gave another wide-ranging interview. And one of the questions she was asked is, why does she keep signing on uh, for more seasons of Grey's Anatomy? And her answer was just so honest and so perfect. She said, and I quote... If I had gotten the role when I was in my mid-20s, 25 or 26, I probably would have left after season 6 or 7. Uh, so I'm glad that I got it when I was in my mid-30s and had a family. It allows me to have my family time and be home and still make money. I don't do it for lucrative reasons. I do it to support my family. And you know what? She took a lot of heat for that comment. And here's the thing. We all have families to feed. And I'm not mad at her for it. I think it was a very brave answer. And I think um, people are taking it entirely the wrong way. I don't um, think she was insulting the show in any way. I think she was actually just saying, hey, look, you know, I know that there are actors out there who want to play different roles and do different things. Um, I just don't happen to be one of them. I like playing this character. I like um, doing this show. And let's face it, I mean... They they really did set up um, the show. I was reading some of the comments um, when I read the interview. And some of the comments were trashing her, but a lot of people pointed out something really interesting. They brought on her sister. Um, they renamed the hospital Sloan Gray, or Gray Sloan, or whatever it is. I, you all know I don't watch this stuff, but... Um, but they, you know, they renamed the hospital. That way, had she decided to leave, the show could still go on and be called Grey's Anatomy. Um, but Ellen has decided to stay, and even after Patrick Dempsey's exit, the show has thrived. In fact, I would argue it's more popular now than when he was around. And I know I'm going to get a lot of people... 
um, slamming me for that. I don't mean any disrespect to Mr. Dempsey. Um, but I have to call it like I see it. And, um, just like two and a half men, the, the lead, the lead male did not affect, the lead male leaving did not affect the ratings or the show. Um, of course, in Charlie Sheen's case, um, two and a half men, we all saw a very public breakdown um, with Patrick Dempsey, there was a huge behind-the-scenes battle between him and Chandra Rhimes. And a little advice, never battle the big boss. Because she can ride the same way you get run over by a truck and can never be brought back. I mean, that should have been thought about a little bit at the very least. <laughs> So, um, so anyways, yes, Grey's Anatomy will, um, is looking likely to be renewed through season 19. Um, Ellen Pompeo is looking to sign a blockbuster new deal, keeping her as the highest paid actress on television. Um, and the other part of the story, I... I've hesitated and I've debated with Will about sharing it. I'm going to share it um, because we both think that it's important. It came from um, two of our most reliable sources. It is looking as if um, this two-season renewal will be the last. Um, Everyone is fully expecting the show to end with season 19. Of course, there could be a last-minute change of heart. Um, It would not be unexpected. Uh, And the other variable here is if the ratings completely crash, which is not... It's not very likely. Um, In fact, ABC executives are actually uh, thinking that they're going to see a huge spike um, given the sudden interest in medical stories. So, we are going to find out, and I cannot wait until this breaks in the mainstream media, so you guys can be the first to say you knew. But for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I am back. (laughs) Um, so... We all know Ellen is Ellen DeGeneres is under fire recently for creating a toxic and untenable work environment. Uh, some of the accusations include bullying, uh, sexual harassment, um, among other charges. Now, none of these allegations are directed at Ellen herself. Um, Brad Garrett and Leah Thompson have both said that they felt very unwelcome and um, were not fans um, when they had to go on Ellen's show to promote a project. However, our source in LA tells us that the reason why the lower level stars uh, didn't 
get the um, pampering that some of Ellen's other guests got was because Ellen actually didn't like them. Uh, In some cases, she felt that when she came out, they turned her back, turned their back on her and helped create an environment where she was, her career was basically derailed. The only reason why she had them on the show was because she was forced to. Um, This is especially true in Leah Thompson's case, from what I'm hearing. Um, And even there were even some A-list stars who she didn't particularly care for. Um, However, those uh, those people still got a gracious welcome, but. she did not go out of her way for them. Um, I'm hearing that uh, one name that has been completely absent from people supporting her is Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston and Ellen go way back. Um, Jen has been on Ellen's show more times than just about anyone. And... Um... My source is that he talked with Jen's publicist and was told that Jen is um, trying to come up with a statement, but she's trying to balance it so as not to appear hypocritical. Um, You know, she's been calling people out um, for the Me Too movement and Time's Up, um, and she doesn't want it to appear that that is regulated to people, um, to, first of all, to men, but also to people that she doesn't necessarily care for and that her friends get an automatic, um, pass because that's not the case. So according to what my source says, is they're working on something. Ellen knows, Ellen has been talking with Jennifer Aniston, um, about it. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about this. Um, some people are saying that Ellen is the victim of bullying herself. Others are saying that Ellen is the ultimate bully. Howard Stern decided to throw his two cents into to the fountain of Ellen's scandal for some reason. And his advice to her was lean into the mean. Be a bully. You know, don't don't shy away from this. Of course, that goes against um, Ellen's brand of be kind and anti-bullying. Although, when one actually stops to think about it, some of the things that Ellen has done on her show has um, actually been very mean-spirited. You know, scaring celebrities. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this because people are going to say, well, you know, they knew going in, whatever. But I don't think so. The terror on their faces is real when they get scared on Ellen's show. Um, And 
you know, they're um, when she mocks someone for getting when the the audience is playing a game and she mocks him for getting an answer wrong. Um, that's low key bullying. Like, I mean, let's be honest here. Um, you can brush it off as just in good fun, and I'm fine with that. But let's be real about what it is. And I think that um, Ellen is going to have a lot of things to think about. Um, I watched her Netflix comedy special, Relatable, um, many times. Uh, and I, I know people are like, well, why would you watch it more than once? I was actually working on a big piece about Ellen for a platform I was working on at the time. And one of the things that really struck me as odd is she doesn't even try to pretend anymore that she's like you or I. You know, she doesn't... She brags about her enemies. She brags about having more money than what she can ever spend in a lifetime. And I mean, you know, I'm not mad at her. Good on her. I personally like it when celebrities do that. Like, you know, I don't... I'm not one of those people who are like, oh my god, celebrities are just like, ah. No, like... They do have more money. They do have accolades and things that I don't have. But to me, it also went very much against the persona that she'd been um, building up over the years. You know, um, when she started her show in... Until almost very recently, she was just the funny gay lady. You know, she was just like you or I. And um, when I brought this up to my L.A. source, who you all know ran his own gossip uh, site for a long time, he told me that she never wanted the Queen of Nice persona. You know, she, while she never did direct, directly mean comedy, she always liked to have it in her back pocket if she needed to pull it out. And she's seen what happened to Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, and he talked to her um, one-on-one at one point when he was conducting an interview um, for a major, a major publication. Uh, and off the record, they talked about how you know, she watched Rosie get trashed um, after the tabloids and gossip columnists decided that she wasn't nice enough anymore. And how that really created a, 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 a very big... Um, a very big problem um, for her, not only in her career, um, but in her personal life, because 
you know, it's it's not easy when you're under so much pressure. And Ellen wanted to, to Ellen wanted to try and avoid that. Um, and that's why early on she did try to get into um, some of the more political things. Um, it's why she started her anti-bullying campaign on the show. Um, it's why she talked about Prop 8 and why she very strongly advocated for gay marriage. Um, because she was hoping to avoid this type of drama. Of course, it failed, and here we are. But, um, I contend that her, this whole, you know, her Queen of Nice image is blown is not necessarily true. Um, this has been years in the making. Um, it's just now people are upset by it. And y'all are upset having to listen to me talk for 10 minutes in a row. So why don't we take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I've been watching Greenleaf, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's my excuse. I've been watching Greenleaf. By the way, if y'all haven't been watching it, please go watch it. It's so good. First five seasons are on Netflix. Or first four seasons are on Netflix. And the final season is going to be um, coming, I believe, August something or another. It's coming soon now. Um, so, you know, you know what really makes me mad here? I am, I am sitting here pimping out Netflix in this show, and I'm not even getting paid for it. Like, I need some of that Netflix money, bitches. <laughs> All right. I'm done with that. <laughs> Another hustler, um, and one who I greatly admire, is Tiffany Haddish. I think she is super duper talented. I love, love, love her. Um, I can't say it enough. I, ju- I really do. I love Tiffany Haddish. Um, and for a long time, they've been playing this whole, she's been playing this whole relationship game with Common. First, they were just friends, but she had a massive crush on him. And then he had a massive crush on her. Um, but she wasn't interested because she was working. And it was like this weird back and forth thing. They would weave in and out of each other's so, uh, social media lives. And they kept the public guessing. And then at one point, um, I, I believe it was during quarantine, um, where she posted a video saying that, like, you just don't know someone, you... You stay with them, you you care for them, but they're just no good for you. And people were like, whoa, what the fuck did Common do? And then recently, they started releasing statements saying that they're so in love. And people were once again like, what just happened? And let me tell you what just happened. Uh, Another musician 
has filed a lawsuit against Common, claiming that he sexually harassed and assaulted her. And Common, right off the bat, I'm going to say this. Common denies all the charges against him. They all do. Each and every time. They could be caught on video doing it, and they will deny it. Because at this point in time, we're trained to listen to what the people say instead of seeing the facts with our own eyes. So, and for the record, I'm not saying that Common was caught on camera doing anything of the sort. I'm just saying, of course, he's going to deny it. Um, Other than his denial, he's not made any other comments about the case. His lawyers are on it and trying to make it disappear. And hoping against hope... That there are no criminal charges accompanied by, um, by this accusation. Uh, it's not likely that there will be, um, at this point from what I can see. I've discussed it with a couple of legal, um, legal experts who just happen to be my friends. Um, and they say, um, from the facts as they're laid out right now. Um, the prosecution does not meet the burden of proof that they would have to meet before taking it to a grand jury and um, getting charges filed. However, they did argue one thing with me. Um, When it comes to a civil case, the burden of proof shifts from the plaintiff to the defendant. Common will have to prove that these allegations, that these situations never happened. Um, or if he admits that they did, that they were completely consensual. Now, he's worried about being canceled because we are living in a highly sensitive cancel culture at this point. So, he went to his good friend Tiffany Haddish and asked her to help protect his reputation. Now, I know what y'all are thinking, like, what the actual fuck? But Tiffany Haddish actually has a lot of goodwill attached to her right now. Um, I don't know how long that will last, or even if it will last. But at this point in time, she has a lot of goodwill. Um, her movies have all, with with one exception, have made money. Um, and most of them actually have had some critical acclaim to them. So, in Hollywood, she definitely has some power. Um, when it comes to, excuse me, um, when it comes to the public, um, she's still very popular, um, among many communities, but especially, um, 
with the gay people. We love, I love her. Um, and it seems like the black community loves her and holds her up high. Um, so, he asked her to um, help protect his reputation um, and make him seem like a decent guy. So that's why we're now seeing a flood of, oh, we're so in love with, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, At this point, they're not going to push it any further unless they have to. What are the limits on this relationship? Um, That's a question I asked my source. And he told me that he didn't even know. Um, they are genuinely friends. They genuine, genuinely do care about one another. So when you see these statements that they love one another, those are t- those are totally true. Uh, they do love one another a heck of a lot. But when you drill down into are they in love, the answer is probably not. Um, now, will they get married? Um, my source said that he thinks that they will if it will help Common. Will they have a baby? Uh, Tiffany Haddish has made no secret of wanting one. Uh, Common doesn't necessarily, but if it will make his friend happy and help his image, he will totally do it. He will do whatever it takes at this point. Um to keep his reputation and legacy intact. This is, of course, a developing story, and we will stay on top of it with any developments that happen. But right now, we're going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. So, there is another brewing scandal that y'all need to know about. So, uh, we all know back in November, Justin Hartley surprised Chriselle Stoss with divorce papers um, and basically evicted her from the house that they shared together. And at the time, she played it up that, you know, she had no idea this was coming, yada, yada, yada. And it was true, she didn't. And by the time she knew what was happening, it was too late because he had already printed stories about him catching her cheating within the press. And he was able to trot out his girlfriend and look like the good guy. Well... There's much more to the story, as you can already guess. So, as I've been told, uh, when Justin Hartley and Chriselle got married, they, well, when they first got together, they agreed to an open relationship. Um, being in Hollywood, uh, And he was away a lot. They figured this was the best way for them to go about things. 
And, you know, good on them. Like, who in the world cares? They're two consenting adults, and everything seemed great. And uh, at the time, they were both on soaps. I believe she was on Days of Our Lives, and he was on The Young and the Restless. Then they got married shortly after he was cast in This Is Us. As we all know, This Is Us blew up into a huge phenomenon and skyrocketed his career. Just before the wedding, they decided to be a monogamous couple. Since he was going to be around more and traveling less, they figured they could be uh, they could be a, a, a couple who only had sex with one another. And again, there's, you know, that's their choice. Except for the fact that Justin Hartley never actually stopped sleeping around. Uh, he he would go out to bars and clubs and pick up women and have sex with them. And gentlemen, my my fellow gays, he is not Justin Hartley is not above having sex with other men. And unfortunately, this is not a Jake Paul situation where I was shown a videotape of him having sex with men, but my source in LA told me that in order to be cast uh, in the bad mom's role that he had, he slept with one of the producers, a male producer. I have not been told um, how far things went. Um, but my source said that there was definitely some, uh, there was actual penetration involved, although, um, my, my source is convinced that Justin was not the one who was penetrated. Um, whether it was his choice or not, um, it can be debated, but... Um, he definitely hit the casting couch in order to get that role. And he was offered another role for the same deal with another producer. And he turned it down. Thinking that between This Is Us and the Bad Moms role, he would continue uh, to to be able to pick and choose his movie roles. The offers dried up. Um, And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that's Hollywood, yada, yada, yada. You're not wrong. Um, It is a little sad that he has to have sex with producers in order to get cast. But I don't think any of us are truly surprised. Unless you think I'm only painting Justin Hartley as the villain here, Chriselle 
was also caught texting her ex. Um, and in those text messages, there was some very dirty language. And in fact, she had hooked up with the ex that she had been texting along with one of her Days of Our Lives co-stars. Um, now, I'm trying to get um, concrete information on which one. And as of right now, I don't have that. So I'm not going to name him. But she did sleep with someone um, in the cast of Days of Our Lives. And... It was definitely after the period of time when she and Justin Hartley had closed uh, their relationship. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of poking around and saying, well, what's up with that or what's going on? Um, to be honest... I don't know what's going on. I do believe that you have to put into the relationship what you do to get um, to get it started. And it seems like Chriselle and Justin just really... They were not... Um, they were not two people who wanted to be in a monogamous relationship with one another. Um, I don't know um, what kind of relationship Justin has with his new girlfriend, though um, all indications point to a very discreet, open relationship with them. Um, But my source also said, don't look for... Uh, don't look for them to stay together for very long. At this point, um, the girlfriend could be considered more of um, a detriment than an asset. And with this is us getting close to the finish line, uh, Justin is going to want to shake up his image a little bit. Um, will this, will his divorce or scandal do anything to his his career? Um, the answer is likely not. And I mean, let's be real here. Um, we know celebrities sleep around. Um, and, you know, frankly, couples cheat on one another all the time, so... Um, that's not really going to be something I think that is, um, horrific in terms of, uh, in terms of publicity for him. However, I think he's going to want to play it, um, a little bit less fast and loose and a little, uh, and a little more... You know, I'm happy being single. Uh, and, you know, that sort of thing worked for George Clooney for a very long time. Um, you know, the whole Bachelor thing really did wonders for for George. 
Uh, and if there's a working actor today who I think could pull that off, it's Justin Hartley. Um, a lot of people are seeing Zac Efron, but no, I don't see Zac Efron being able to pull that off. Um, mostly because I think we've seen him in too many relationships that were codependent and whatever. But that's a whole other um, that's a whole other segment. <laughs> Uh, of course, the Chriselle and Justin drama is just starting to unfold, um, especially since Chriselle has a new reality show selling Sunset on Netflix. There I go again, <laughs> um, promoting Netflix. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, so be, be sure if you watch reality shows to check it out, and I'm going to stay on top of this story because, girl... <laughs> I'll be right back. And I'm back. And this is another Jake Paul segment. But before you fast forward, um, because you don't hear about him sucking dick or having gay sex, um, it's not really about that this time. Um, although, um, there could be elements of that in here. It's not the whole segment this week. So back when we started this whole weird Jake Paul mini-series, I guess you would call it, maybe? I don't know. Um, We talked about how he was arrested in Arizona for looting. He had allegedly gone to a peaceful protest that somehow ended up at a public mall, uh, which was closed, and the looting began. His cameraman was supposed to have caught everything on camera, on film, except for him getting shot with rubber bullets, which is what he alleged happened. And, um, the looting that was happening. And it just all seemed very suspect at the time. And then as the weeks um, dragged on, he had a wild party at his Calabas home, um, where, of course, we broke the story that he had been caught in bed with another guy. Uh, and after that, we, we talked about multiple times when he had affairs with men. Um, and really, it just seems to enjoy... Um, He really just seems to enjoy that lifestyle. So. With all of that coming. Coming out. It has not been an easy time. For the popular YouTuber. Uh, He you know. He, as far as I know, nothing I've seen, he's he's not directly or indirectly answered any of our stories. Which, you know, doesn't bother me one way or the other. Um, but, things got interesting again. This week, when the FBI raided his house... And now I know people are wondering why I think that's interesting. 
I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons. First, firstly, I think it's interesting because um, uh, no one knew exactly why they were raiding his house at first. Um, initial reports in the mainstream media were that the raid was connected to the wild rager he threw um, during lockdown uh, and that someone had told the police that night that there were several assault weapons. That does not appear to be the case. Uh, It appears that the raid was actually in connection with um, the arrest in Arizona. Um, And um, interestingly enough, there were a bunch of assault rifles and other guns that were found, including one propped up against the hot tub. Now, um, when I was talking to my source about about what went down and why it happened the way it did, I asked him uh, if there was anything, if there was any light he could shed on the situation. And he told me that um, he had heard about the guns, but when he heard about them, they were mostly um, for show. None of them were out. So he doesn't know um, when they were unpacked or anything like that. We also talked about why Jake Paul would have these. Um, This is where it gets interesting because apparently he has become very paranoid um, not only about being robbed but that someone is following him. And I know what you all are thinking and no, I'm not stalking him for these scoops. (laughs) I have a life. Um, (laughs) um, No, um... According to my source, what people are telling him is that Jake Paul is just not in a good place mentally right now. Uh, His high-profile marriage and breakup with Tana uh, has really left more scars than what he cares to admit. And he has been wondering uh, if, if... the uh, career and the things that he has been doing um, to continue to make millions of dollars are worth it. Uh, He's talked to his brother Logan. Um, Details of that conversation are not known, but Logan was overheard telling a buddy of his um, that he told Jake that he needed to settle down uh, and that if if things got really out of control or too bad, that YouTube could take away the monetization of his account. Um, And Logan knows because it almost happened to him. Um, And he's calmed his ass down quite a lot um, and is changing his image from wild boy to 
pillar of the YouTube community. And whoever thought that that would happen? <laughs> I certainly, I really didn't see that one coming. Um, so, what is going to come of this FBI raid? They could theoretically charge him with having these weapons. Now, everyone has cautioned that it's not very likely that that's going to happen. Um, he could have permits or uh, any number of, of things um, could help him avoid um, charges in that area. But it's not a good look. It's like a, a lady with 30 cats. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, if they're looking at um, even more looting charges or um, upping the charges in that case, I think what we're going to see is something a lot more um, targeted. Uh, my source suggested uh, that there could there could have been threats against Tana. Uh, as we know, the two had a huge falling out um, and are, are no longer in speaking terms. So he said that that could be um, if they can connect the guns to um, any threats against her or any other person um, that could potentially lead to some really um, big charges against Jake Paul. But as of right now, it's connected to looting and they're not really saying anything else about what happened. So, since they're not going to say anything else about what happened, I suppose neither will I. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. So as you know, know up and able to tell, this is going to be a very long episode. <laughs> so yay. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about The View. I know, I know, I promised you would get a break. But, you know, shit happens, people. Shit happens. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. So... Deadline and Variety broke the story that Sarah Haynes will officially be rejoining the Hot Topics table at The View when the show returns this September. If you've been listening to Drunk Gossip, I've been telling you this since March, that this has been in the works. Uh, ABC really, truly does love Sarah Haynes. Um, That's why they tapped her to um, try to launch... A new version of Live with Kelly and Ryan. Uh, they felt her bubbly personality, which had always been a bright spot on The View, would really help launch the show. Um, and they paired her with Michael Strahan since he had obviously had experience as Kelly Ripa's co-host. But what they didn't count on was the two of them not having the same kind of chemistry. 
uh, experience and a bubbly personality does not equate to a good show. Um, and of course, they um, they try to um, hide it under the guise of another hour of Good Morning America. And they're doing the same thing with um, Good Morning America, uh, What You Need to Know Now. Here's the thing. Um, what You Need to Know Now is actually um, semi-successful for one reason and one reason only. And that is... Um, Amy Robach is an enticing personality in her element. Um... But, mostly, the the show's premise is it revolves around basically one topic. Um, When it launched, it was the coronavirus. Um, Now it seems to be racial injustice. Uh, So wherever the hot-button issue of the moment is, that's what we're going to be seeing. Now, what I'm... Um, what I'm saying about Sarah Haynes is she is definitely returning to The View, as I've been, like I said, I've been saying it since March. She's definitely, um, uh, the show is definitely more profitable with her on because people love her. Um, and she's the only one who does view your deal in a way where it doesn't make people feel disgusting. Um, and that that really is her gift. What does this mean for the other co-hosts? <clears throat> as far as I know, Whoopi, Joy, Sunny Hostin uh, will all be returning. Megan McCain will not. I know she's done interviews where she's gotten really feisty and pissed off. Um, saying she's tired of being asked about this. Um, but she's not going to admit that she's being let go. Uh, first of all, it's just not the ABC way. And frankly, where there's smoke, there's fire. I know ABC is looking very diligently for... A, a co-host to take her spot. The question, as it has been all along, is... When should she announce her departure from the show? Many had expected it to come on the season finale. Everyone expected her to say that she would not be returning. Uh, however... The season finale of The View was pushed up for multiple reasons, namely uh, Megan McCain. The the fighting and the uh, um, the fighting and the overall just nastiness from her led to her suspension. And it would be bad optics for both the show and for Megan McCain to announce right after she was suspended that she would not be returning. So they they um, axed that plan. 
my source, my source has told me that right now, if Meghan McCain returns uh, near the season premiere, they'll let her work for a couple weeks and then have her go on maternity leave as planned, where they will then do a chemistry test with several conservative co-hosts. They have a few in mind that they want to uh, test out, uh, but no one has actually signed on and agreed to do this yet. Um, now, there was... There has been speculation that Anna Navarro would be taking that spot. However, she signed on um, to be an ambassador for Joe Biden's campaign. So that seems to be out of the question. Former co-host Nicole Wallace is said to have been approached. Uh, my source said that they that the producers and the co most of the um, former co-hosts, or most of the co-hosts um, who were there when Nicole was on, still have a good relationship with her. Uh, however, given that she has expanded responsibilities at MSNBC, it is not likely that she will be rejoining the Hot Topics table. <coughs> um... The name that gets bandied about the most is Megan Kelly. I've heard that it's not out of the question and that there have been meetings. However, uh, Megan Kelly does not have the type of personality that uh, would fit in very well with the other ladies at The View, specifically Whoopi. And uh, with them trying to um, have a more balanced table and uh, not necessarily less fighting, but definitely less uh, tension on set or in meetings, it's not um, likely that Megan Kelly would... Um, take the spot. Plus, she had when she first started negotiation, she wanted to take the spot of David Muir. Unfortunately for her, uh, David Muir has taken World News Tonight uh, to the number one program on TV. Period. Uh, primetime, daytime, uh, news show, whatever. He is topping the ratings all around. Uh, and so they're not likely to replace him. Which means we could end up with a panel of just Sarah Haynes, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and Sonny Hostin. At least for a little while, with a rotating conservative guest. Guest host. Uh, I did float a theory that Abby Huntsman could return. And while my source would not confirm that, she said that it, it is not unheard of for a former co-host to return to her stomping grounds once the drama has gone by the wayside. 
as we know, Abby Huntsman left The View because of her, uh, because of her, um, afraid relationship with Meghan McCain, um, of course, she, those were not the words she used. She told people that, or she told the audience that she left because she was going to help her father run for governor. However, um, multiple sources have told me she left because of her um, her constant fighting with Meghan McCain. And she uh, basically told the producers that it was her, Meghan, and... Um, they went with Megan, uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of their employees. Uh, so now they could be trying to make good on a past mistake. So, of course, we'll keep you updated on the story. Um, and we just wanted to brag a little that we actually broke the Sarah Haynes story way before the mainstream media even got on board. (laughs) Yay us. (laughs) I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I am back. And remember earlier when I said Will wasn't going to let me talk politics? Well, he's he's letting me talk politics. (laughs) Well, not really. It's Kanye West. And I guess technically it's politics, but... Because Will is mean... (laughs) He has decided that I should handle... Um, Kanye's president, uh, well, Kanye's presidential candidacy. I can't talk. I can I don't, like, I so don't even want to do this segment, but, um, I think it's very important. So, we've talked, um, about this a lot. Um, Kim Kardashian, Kanye's wife... Uh, is uh, has very much tried um, to get him to step down and stop this insanity. Um, and at one point, he actually said, hey, like, y'all, this was just a goof. I wasn't even really running. And the fact that he's not on anyone's ballot, or wasn't on anyone's ballot at the time, um, really pointed to that. And... Then somehow, and I'm I'm being one hundred percent honest here. Um, somehow that got reversed, and he is running. He's on the ballot in in Ohio, um, in a couple other states, and. He is, there was one state that he was suing, and, um, oh, it's gone now. Anyways, uh, so he wasn't on the ballot, and now he's he's getting on some, um, and he was on one state's ballot, and but then was kicked off, and he's suing them to get back on. But the point is, no one is treating this as as a very serious uh, candidacy. Because frankly, it's not. 
uh, his marriage to Kim is very much uh, in turmoil. Um, we've talked before about how Kim wanted to get control over Kanye so he could, um, so she could put him in a home, uh, in an institution and take control of his finances. I'm hearing that's still the case, um, but her main goal right now is protecting the kids. And if that means just getting a divorce, that's what she's going to do. Um, I, my source said that he has um, heard from people around the Kardashians that Kim and Chris have been talking about strategy of is- extracting Kanye um, from their lives and finding a way to convince a judge to give her sole custody of the kids. Uh, and they're not even doing this with cameras on, so shit just got serious, you guys. Like, this family doesn't do... They don't take a pee without the cameras on them, so the fact that they're talking off-camera about doing this is really suggests that this is very serious. And before anyone comes out and says, this, you know, they don't do anything off-camera, everything, everything in their life is on-camera... I double and triple checked, and the, my source is, uh, and always has been, right on. So, um, with that being said, uh, as he grapples with his meltdown, a presidential campaign, and a crumbling marriage. Uh, Kanye is fighting on all fronts at this point. And, frankly, he's not winning on any of them. Uh, My source said that one of the biggest fears in Kanye's camp is that he's going to be charged with election fraud. Why is that? Because he openly admitted to trying to split the black vote um, to help Donald Trump win. Um, Now, I'm not a lawyer. um, And I... um, Before I recorded this segment... I did send out questions to my lawyer friends to see if anyone could give me a clear answer. I have not heard back from them, but as soon as I do, I will give you guys the answer. Um, I don't know how likely it is that he would be charged with this. I don't think very because uh, there have always been spoilers. Ross Perot was the spoiler in a few elections. Um, Jill Stein has been a spoiler in a few elections. Uh, Gary Johnson. So, I think unless they can prove that um, Connie has done something horribly wrong, I don't think that there's... At this point, I don't think that there's any concern that 
he will be charged with anything. Um, and it's very likely he will drop out of the race long before November 3rd. And when he... The week after his announcement, he was only polling at 2%. And... I highly doubt anyone uh, even remembers that he was running. So, I mean, he keeps talking about it, but I don't think anyone's actually taking him seriously. Especially since he said he wasn't really running and then kind of just keeps shifting gears. So... I did talk to a psychiatrist friend who is not obviously treating Kanye West. Um, but we talked about it and he, he has been very open about being diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And she believes very strongly that he's in the middle of a manic episode. He is exhibiting all those signs. Um, she believes that he could be off of his meds at this point. And um, that is what has led us to uh, this point. So. uh, What what will happen now? Uh, uh, My L.A. source believes that Kim will be seeking a divorce. But don't look for it to be um, as loud and out front as it was with Chris Humphreys. Uh, in fact, he thinks that what could happen, and what seems likely given what we're being told by, um, by sources close to the Kardashians, is uh, eventually they will want to film... Uh, at least part of this for the show um, to give Kim a storyline. And and for the record, nobody is thinking that um, this presidential run is a plot for keeping up with the Kardashians, which really surprised me. Um, But um, She's not going to want it. She's going to want to try to keep it as cordial and friendly as possible. Uh, Because, again, he is manic. Or um, likely off his meds. So, um, we don't know what what his reaction will be. In terms of the election, look for more and more seats to dump him from the ballot. Um, he's not going to make it to the debate stage with, um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Um, and it's not looking as if his candidacy, um, put a dent in Joe Biden's momentum. So, uh, at this point... It's just Kanye being Kanye. If you catch my drift. Alright guys, that's going to do it for me for this episode. Uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening. I really, truly do appreciate it. Uh, and until we talk again, cheers.
Hey folks, welcome back to Politalk. This week we will be covering Kamala Harris's appointment as the Democratic VP candidate, the downgrading of exam results in England, and Donald Trump's attempt to undermine the post office in order to disadvantage his political rivals during the election. Let's get started. So the big news earlier on this week is that uh, Joe Biden finally announced his running mate. It is, as I mentioned earlier, Kamala Harris who lit into him during the primary for, among other things, insufficient support of busing and measures designed to combat racism. Harris is something of a moderate candidate. She's drawn a lot of fire from the progressive wing of the Democratic Party for her service as a prosecutor and as the Attorney General of California. During her time as the Attorney General, she neglected to prosecute a number of police officers for shootings of unarmed black men, which did not endear the Black Lives Matter movement and the progressive movement to her, especially at this point in time. There's been some discussion that picking her is a way for Biden to signal that he is not entirely in favor of the extremes, the most extreme solutions regarding the police department, or to appeal to the center instead of picking a candidate like Warren. Ironically, the person who's done the most to raise Harris's approval among the Democrats is Donald Trump, who earlier this week attempted to attack her by bringing up her thorough questioning of Brett Kavanaugh and Bill Barr, two extremely unpopular figures. This early diatribe from him caused many to hope that Harris would be allowed to debate Mike Pence, as it is widely expected that she's going to destroy him, assuming he finds a solution that will allow him to be on stage with a woman other than his wife, who he calls mother. I, I feel like you all need to know that. You see, I, I can't get it out of my head, so now I'm putting it in your head. It's a coping mechanism. Ugh. Anyway, Trump's other line of attack on Harris is obviously a return to his nonsense birther conspiracy theories. Earlier this week, he suggested that the Democrats hadn't investigated whether she was born in the country or not and cited a number of conservative legal scholars one of whom has argued that as Harris's parents might not have been permanent residents at the time she was born, she might not be eligible. Her parents were both living in the U.S. at the time, are permanent residents now, and I believe were attempting to become permanent residents uh, when she was born in Oakland, California. For the record, the law scholar who initially, the legal professor who initially advanced this argument doesn't have a whole lot of support from his colleagues. A number of other legal scholars have voiced opposition to it. One of them even called the argument extremely silly, quote. But that is highly unlikely to dissuade Trump or his base, although I'm not really sure how well it's going to play with anyone outside his base. Moving across the pond, the English education secretary has been in a lot of hot water this week after an algorithm that was used to grade students' A-levels this year, downgraded the results of a number of teachers' assessments, specifically assessments from public schools, while giving better results to private schools. Scotland and Wales faced similar problems with, exam with algorithms designed to grade students downgrading teachers' assessments in public schools. 
However, Scotland threw out all of the downgraded results and, rest- and returned to using solely teachers' assessments to decide grades. For whatever reason, the English have decided they don't want to do that, with Boris Johnson expressing extreme confidence in this year's grades. He called them good, robust, and extremely reliable for reporters. As a result, a large number of protests from students and teachers who feel they've been unfairly disadvantaged and their opinions have been discarded outright. These teachers and students have taken to the streets, and many have demanded explanations from Education Secretary Gavin Williamson, who at the moment insists that his government will stick with the grades produced by the algorithm. Hopefully that will change. This sounds like some fucked up shit, to put it bluntly. I don't really understand why the hell anybody thinks letting an algorithm decides grades is a good idea in the first place. Seems like you should just go with teacher assessments and cut out the middleman. After all, teachers at public schools are government employees. If you don't trust them to give accurate assessments, you shouldn't employ them. I don't know how the English tenure system works, but I think that's one of the things that they can really penalize you for over here. In the last and potentially biggest bit of news, we have Trump's assault on the post office. (sighs) Back in June, when I reported that Biden had warned America that Trump was going to try to undermine the post office in order to steal the election, I had to treat it like a conspiracy theory. Because it was a goddamn conspiracy theory. I mean, listen to it. It sounds like a conspiracy theory. It literally sounds like something you'd read in the pages of a crank website. It's about run by some bunch of moon bats. Unfortunately, it's true and in the news because earlier this week, Trump admitted that that's what he was doing. On Tuesday, the president said that he believed the post office would need $25 million to keep up with mail-in ballots during the pandemic, but that he wasn't going to give it to them, citing concerns about non-existent voter fraud, as usual. In the meantime, his new postmaster general, Louis DeJoy, has been hard at work ripping up mailboxes and throwing away mail sorting machines, taking million-dollar machines and throwing them out to the dumpster, apparently not only so that the Postal Service will be able to respond in time to this election but that it will take a great deal of time to undo the damage that he's done. Destroying the post office has been a Republican project for a while, most notably since 2006, when they attempted to saddle the organization with extremely burdensome operating requirements, forcing it into debt to pay for the pensions of employees who hadn't even been born yet. But this is probably the most brazen attempt I have at least have ever seen. Democrats obviously have raised a massive hue and cry. The House is weighing whether to come back early to address the post office's increased dismantling, basically. And in fact, shortly before I began recording this podcast, the House House leaders announced that they were going to call Louis DeJoy to testify in front of representatives on August 24th. In addition, the post office has stopped taking up public mailboxes. I think it mostly did in cities in blue states, unsurprisingly, or in blue pockets within red states, also unsurprisingly. New Jersey Representative Bill Pascrell has filed a criminal referral with the New Jersey Attorney General 
accusing Trump of attempting to undermine the mail in order to aid his chances in the election. Best of luck to the New Jersey Attorney General. Hopefully he's able to threaten to inflict some actual consequences. It certainly doesn't seem like the Republicans are going to try to force any. And that is the week. Tune in next time for, as usual, hopefully some better news. I'm going to be fucking relaxing because this disaster of a year is making me age like you would not believe. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Cheers.